Hello, chefs. This is Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, what we're going to talk about is when things are not going right, how do you correct the ship? Stay tuned. This episode of Chef's PSA is sponsored by JNR Grills and Smokers. Many of you have heard of JNR Smokers and Grills that typically last for decades. I've had the pleasure of using them for over five years at one of the top restaurants in Austin. They're beautiful. They gave me the control over technique and the smoke-infused flavors I wanted. I'm thrilled to have JNR as a sponsor. Their commitment over the past 50 years speaks for itself. They understand your passion because it fuels them too, barbecue or upscale cuisine. They always help you deliver. They build everything in Texas and ship to all 50 states and over 50 countries. JR, they'll stand with you. They've always stood with me. Go to jrmanufacturing.com to learn more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Before we get into it, I'll give you a quick update. I'm still doing my chef in residence. Things are going really well. The food is clicking. Everything's going smoothly. I've put up a couple of Instagram reels showing some of the food. It is, it's upscale dining. So if you all are in the Dripping Springs, Austin area, come out and see me. I'd love to have you in the restaurant. I'll be there for another couple of weeks. I did miss the kitchen, but I'm slacking a little on Chef's PSA. I have some books that I'm going to get written here pretty soon once I get back to full-time chef's PSA. And most likely that's going to be a sequel to the Bad Sue Good Chef book. A lot of people have been requesting it. Might be a prequel, I don't know. I'm gonna do like a whole a whole trilogy thing maybe with it. But I, I, I like that series. I like the conversational style of that book. So most likely I'll have that book done. I mean, if I'm fast, end of December by Christmas, but realistically probably in January or February. If you want to support the show, you know what to do. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the like button, hit subscribe. I think there's a little bell for notifications. I'm not an expert YouTuber. Sorry. All those things that I'm supposed to say do that. If you're watching on Spotify or listening on Spotify, make sure you leave five stars. Nothing less. This five-star podcast. If you didn't leave five stars, that would make you a liar. And, and you wouldn't want to be a liar now, would you? I don't know. People don't like liars. You're better than that. Leave five stars. What, what's wrong with you? I'm in a secret competition, so... There's a five-star podcast out there that I'm secretly competing with, and I can't wait to have more five stars than they do. Go to chefspsa.com. You can get all the books, the merch. There's free eBooks as well, which you should get those. They're free. How to open up a restaurant, critical path, food cost mastery, culinary dictionary for people that are new to the industry and maybe you don't know your terms. This is a good opportunity for you to learn them without being embarrassed who to ask. Some basic recipes as well. And of course, the print books, culinary leadership fundamentals, Bad Sue, Good Chef, Kitchen Art of War, Line Cook Survival Manual, How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen. And I forget sometimes, I have a journal as well. How are you going to remember shit if you don't write it down? You need a Chef's PSA journal. They come in multiple colors, right? Red, black, blue. Go get a journal. Support your favorite podcast. Think I, you think I don't appreciate the support? I love the support. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. But subject at hand, correcting course. I've been thinking about this a lot. A lot of times as a chef, you go down a certain path and you're married to it. You've committed to it. And it's very difficult sometimes to admit that you were wrong. Maybe you were punching above your weight. Maybe you were too ambitious with your menu. 
maybe your team wasn't ready, or maybe you weren't willing to put in the amount of hard work that it takes to make it a success. It could be a variety of reasons, but in the restaurant game, it's dangerous. And I want to point this out because a lot of people don't really understand how dangerous it could be. Now, if you're a chef owner, you understand the dangers of not correcting course, but sometimes you're just the hired executive chef, an employee of the owner or the corporation. And when you don't have skin in the game, I could tell you as someone who has failed before, I, I think I've, I've failed just as many times as I've succeeded. The times when I failed, I didn't act quick enough. The signs were there. The writing was on the wall, but I couldn't read the writing. And shortly thereafter, failure is inevitable if you don't correct course. Taking action is probably one of the most important things you could do because even the best cooks on a sinking ship still sink with it. But it also takes the maturity of the chef to recognize when ownership is making knee-jerk reactions or upper management is making knee-jerk reactions because they think the ship is sinking. So, I mean, you're walking the razor's edge because the fact of the matter is they might be wrong, but sometimes you might be wrong. You might be stubborn in your ways and not want to correct the food because you feel that you're losing a little bit of yourself. We all want to cook great food. We're all passionate about the food that we create. We're attached to the identity. And we associate ourselves sometimes with the identity of being a chef. I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how they identify as a cook and they identify as a chef. And that is their personality. Now I had this problem too. And for many years, all I could, like, if you took me to a party, the only thing I was going to be able to talk about was food. That's it. Like if you talked about anything other than food or probably, you know, fights, you know, the UFC or hip hop, I wasn't going to be able to hold a conversation. So it got to the point where people didn't want to bring me to parties because all I talked about was the industry. And that's fine when you're around a bunch of chefs and cooks, but it creates for an awkward situation when you're around the plebs, the, norm, the normal people out there in the world, right? Especially if all you could talk about is, you know, what you're cooking, what you're doing in your kitchen. You live kind of in a bubble when you're working in the industry. Social currency in a kitchen doesn't necessarily equal anything when you're outside of the kitchen. The way we regard culinary skill doesn't matter to someone that's a non-chef. You, you could be the most badass chef ever, but if they're not into food, it does not matter. No one gives a shit. And sometimes we get wrapped up in this identity of being chef. And I faced this problem. And so I had to, re I had to recreate my identity as Andre. And so during this time, during the kitchen, when I was a chef, I removed any embroidery I had on my coat. I just wore a cook's chef coat. A lot of chefs go through this. I would tell people, don't call me chef, call me Andre. I just kind of wanted to renounce the title because I wanted to be who I was, not necessarily the title. A lot of people, well, it's weird now. Like sometimes I'll go places and people will call me chef's PSA. They're like, you're chef's PSA. Oh, hey, chef's PSA, what are you doing? It's like, that's not my name. That's the name of the podcast, but that's not my name. It's funny to me. Anyway, I crack up a little bit, but, but we digress. I had to reinvent myself and disassociate myself from... Andre the person and Andre the chef. Well, the same thing happens in the restaurant. Sometimes you think when someone doesn't like a dish or someone's asking you to change something in the kitchen, you take it personal because you think they're talking about you personally, not necessarily about the food. And sometimes this could be to your detriment because it will cause you reluctancy to act and take action. And when you're in a situation where you need to act, going down the wrong road because you have your ego attached to not wanting to change the dish Maybe your team needs to, to change it because they can't execute it or ownership needs you to change it because they need to fill the restaurant, whatever the case may be. You as the leader, it's your responsibility to know when you need to step aside, regroup, as I like to say, 
breathe, wipe your cutting board and reset. Because if you don't, disaster is inevitable. It's right around the corner. Restaurants are going to close. And if you don't have skin in the game, sometimes you might not feel that, but you have to think about this impact. If you have a typical restaurant that has 50 employees, there may be two or three people off the salaries of those employees. So now when a restaurant closes, not only are you affecting 50 people, but you're affecting the people that they support. So you may be in all actuality affecting 150 people that are living off that restaurant, not including vendors and other businesses and small farms. So there is a certain level of responsibility that goes with the chef to correct course when things are not going correctly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Let's go back and touch on not taking it personal when people give you feedback on your food or asking you to change something that maybe your identity you feel is attached to it. If we had 10 cameras set up and they were all taking pictures of you and every single person that took a photo of you, they'd have a different perspective of what you look like. They'd have a different opinion of you. It goes to this old saying, all statements are equally correct. And what that means is if I say the food is good and you say the food is bad, both statements are true. This is a hard thing for people to wrap their head around. You may love the food and you may think it's great. Someone else may hate the food and think it's terrible. Both of you are right because we live in a subjective state when it comes to food. So you have to understand that when someone is giving you feedback, it's not a personal attack. It's in their reality and their perception, it's not good. And that makes it true. But in your perception, it's not. So how do you find the balancing act between them? Some things is just to look at the numbers. Where are your sales at? Are sales increasing or de decreasing? right? You want to go in the right direction. You could look at online reviews. Are they going up or are they going down, right? As long as they're trending in the right way, then keep doing what you're doing. But if they're trending in the wrong way, then you have to reevaluate and reassess. One of the things that I talk about often with teams is the idea of rapid prototyping. I'm sure I've discussed this on the podcast before, but it's something that Apple products does. You know, they release update one, update 1.2, iPhone 15, iPhone 14, Anyway, they're always innovating with their product and they're sending out updates and they're rapidly prototyping. Now, for the chef that could filter and distill that information as it's coming in, the quicker they could react to it, the better off they'll be, right? It's like seeing the iceberg and you're driving the Titanic. How quickly can you pivot the ship? If you don't, it's inevitable that you're going to hit it. So the idea of rapid prototyping is something that I think people need to incorporate into their kitchens every single day. The idea of 1% better. Consistency is important. Consistently good is great. Consistently bad isn't. So if you're getting negative, consistent feedback, it's important that you adjust and make the necessary corrections. One of the most important things that I think people do is, that, you know, there's usually a pre-shift meeting and there's a post-shift meeting. The pre-shift meeting is to kind of talk about what's coming, make any adjustments. You know, we could do this. 
Let's adjust the time on that. Let's adjust the cook on this. Let's adjust your setup here. This is how many covers are coming in. These are the VIPs or PX, whatever you use. And you prepare for service. The post shift is sometimes where the greater learning happens because you're able to reflect and look back and say what went well and what didn't. Now, as that information comes to you, the quicker that you adjust what went wrong and what didn't, the sooner you'll get better. But sticking your head in the sand is not going to make things better. And I know a lot of chefs just think, you know, we did fine. It was the service team's fault or it was someone else's fault. It was never their fault, right? It's always someone else's fault when shit goes wrong, but it's always, you know, you always get the credit when things go right, but it doesn't really work like that. The idea is you have to correct it and make sure that you as the leader have the open mind. And when your team sees that you have an open mind and you're constantly correcting it, they also start to incorporate the open mind idea as well. Now, maybe you're not in a position where you are the leader. Maybe you're just a cook and your leader doesn't do that. It's important as a young cook to self-analyze what went right and what went wrong at the end of every shift. I've talked about this before. You should journal, write down all the things that you did well, all the things that you could do better. Have little competitions against yourself. Maybe yesterday it took you 30 minutes to do something. Today, do 29. The next day, do 28. Always be looking to get that little bit of a improvement, 1% better every day. Because sometimes you don't have a boss or a chef that's pushing you to get better. And let me tell you something. No one is responsible for you to get better. You're responsible. You're in the driver's seat. No one's coming to save you. When times get tough, and we're all going to go through difficulty, right? Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you don't get promoted. Maybe you're stuck in your position. And all your friends are going to give you advice. They're all going to tell you what to do. They all have the right answers, but none of them can do it for you. And none of them are going to really be there to help you when the times get tough. Best thing that you could do is learn to help yourself. Learn to correct things on your station. When you're in a situation that isn't getting better, it's your job to make the decision to get you out of there. No one's going to pull you out and save you. I do these Sunday Q&As often, and one of the repeat questions I get is, you know, I don't like my job. The chef sucks. How do you handle a chef that you're better than or that doesn't care? And I'm like, why are you still there? Why, why are you working in a place where you don't respect the chef and the chef doesn't care? No one is chaining you to the stove. There's no reason why you have to be there. There are a ton of great restaurants in pretty much every city. And there's nothing holding you back for going from going and working for these great chefs that are in these great cities. What's holding you back, right? Do you, do you like complaining about how your chef sucks and how your team sucks and no one cares? Sometimes you just got to change the environment and no one's going to change it for you. Like if you wait it out, well, you're going to wait for that chef to quit. Maybe it's going to be a year. And then what if you get another bad chef? Why not take action now? When you need to correct course, the only thing that you can do is act. Sitting around and waiting for magic to happen, it, it doesn't work that, that way. We all, we all fall into that pattern of like, oh, maybe some magical elves are going to come clean the walk-in for me. Like, no, the walk-in, you got to clean that shit. You spilled it, you got to clean it up. You made the mess, you got to clean it up. Chef's PSA is all about helping you stand on your own two feet. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm just going to tell you what I think and what works for me. But ultimately, you got to do it yourself. Now, when you're looking at what's going right and what's going wrong, when you're looking at the food, sometimes you got to look at it objectively. Is the food too complicated? Do you need to scale back the technique a little bit? Are there more efficient ways to do it? One of the things that I like to say is the shortest path to get to the most delicious result is the right way. So is there a quicker way to do it? And the reason I bring that up is because sometimes we fall in love with the idea of difficulty. We think, oh, we got to brunoise this by hand, or we got to do this, but maybe you don't have the labor to do that. So you got to find efficiencies in what you're doing. Maybe you have to buy the pre-peeled garlic, not, not the garlic, the pre-peeled garlic. You got to get that. Who, who the fuck uses garlic anyway? 
home cooks use it. Bad, not just home cooks, but bad home cooks use it. Don't, don't buy the pre-peeled garlic. And also, one other thing, don't use that lazy lemon that comes in a bottle. That stuff's nasty. Lazy lemon is disgusting. It tastes weird. It doesn't taste like fresh lemon or fresh lime. I, I don't know why people buy that and have that in their kitchens. I mean, how hard is it to freaking squeeze a lime or a lemon? Strain out the seed. Anyway, we digress. I, I think it bears repeating because I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. The person that takes action has every single advantage over the person who takes none. And when it's time to act, it's time to act. The, the expression, if a tiger's chasing you, you could either run calmly or you could run frantically, but to not run would make you unwise. So just because you're facing a difficult situation doesn't mean you gotta hit the panic button and you gotta act frantic and you gotta run around like a chicken with your head cut off and the sky is falling. Sometimes, sometimes you could act and create action without hitting the panic button because the team sees that, especially if you're the chef. If you're panicking and running around and correcting course versus if you're calmly running around and correcting course, your energy affects the people that are around you. But anyway, take this to heart what I said, because maybe you're in a position right now where your restaurant needs you to take action or you're on a station where you need to take action. Don't wait. The longer you wait, the more difficult it'll be. The sooner you act, the sooner you'll correct it. That thing that you're avoiding is probably the thing that you need to do the most. Anyway, y'all know what to do. Go to chefspsa.com. You can get the, the merch. You can get the books. It's hoodie weather. I have some beautiful hoodies. One says sucker-free kitchens. So if you run a sucker-free kitchen, you need that hoodie. Go get the journal. Write shit down. Make a plan. Act on it. We'll see you next week. Hit the porno music.